As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shoots Magoots. What's up, Shoots? Uh, Not a whole lot. Just wanted to give a PSA real quick. Tax season. Tax deadline. 15th of April. Make sure you get in there. Do your taxes. What the fuck? Yeah, why why are you starting an because episode I had to stress I, all of our listeners out? Oh, well, yeah, of course. But I don't want anybody to get burned. You know what? There's nothing worse than owing the government money. So you know what? Just get it all done. Get it sorted out. And you'll be happier. <laughs> I know we've got some procrastinators because I'm a procrastinator. There's definitely some people listening that are like, yeah, yeah, I'll push it off. I'll push it off. You might miss that deadline and then you're screwed. So did, you know what? Did Dev tell you to, to say this? No. Why? Did you not do yours yet? No, I'm doing them. I do mine on TurboTax. This isn't even <laughs> an ad for TurboTax. I'm like in the process of doing them now. Well, if you want to sponsor us, TurboTax. Yeah, we'll take we'll the take free it. sponsorship. But I do not care for starting an episode this way yeah. whatsoever. Practical. It's not practical. But I would say if somebody comes forward in like the next week or two and is like, thank you, Shooter. Thank you. I totally spaced and forgot to do my taxes, but thanks to the Brav Bros, I remembered. There you go. That That's what we're here for. But no, I mean, honestly, there's there's not a lot else going on. We talked about it. It was kind of a tame week with the episodes that were going on. No new shows for, I guess, a couple of weeks, probably till Atlanta comes back out. So it's a nice little down period. We get to just overanalyze shows as we do best. Yep. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it's getting warm out, but there's fucking thunderstorms rolling through, so it's not even fun. It's been windy for like six weeks. You're a breath of fresh air today. Yeah, Taxes. Dude. Came right from the office weather. today. Yeah. I'm, I, oh, that's what's going on. Probably. Okay, we got to the root of Sitting it. Sitting in stupid meetings, <laughs> thinking about Tom and Ariana. That's the funniest part is that throughout most of my days, most of my, I, no, all of my days, that is on my mind for a large portion. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I want to think about other things. I want to think about other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, here we are. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than my living room with your dumbass. Yep. But anyway, um, let's do some plugs. I remember the plugs. Let's not forget we did a little live today. Shooter had meetings, so he didn't get to do the live today. But uh, with Zach Peter, we are doing a live show. Hashtag no filter night out with the Brav Bros and Zach Peter. City Winery in Philadelphia. There's still tickets available. They are selling really fast. Um, oh, and this is coming out Friday. So we decided today without you that um, without, without you, that if you buy your ticket within the next two days, so you have to purchase it by Friday evening. It's a general admission ticket because all our VIPs are sold out, but we will upgrade two tickets to VIP at random if you purchase them within the next 48 hours. Okay. Well, no, that's 48 hours from now when we're recording. From right this second at 5.45 okay. on Thursday, April So that's 6th. not going to help anybody listening to the episode in the morning. Okay. 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 Good. Good point. You have to buy a ticket today. Yep. All right. You have to buy it. We're talking from the, from the past. This is this past Steel telling you. bros from the past. <laughs> bros from the past. Buy a ticket today. General admission. You have a chance to get upgraded to VIP for free. So... That's a sweet deal. Sweet deal. You get to come hang out with us. We're pretty quick. Quaint. Quaint? Quaint. Quaint? Pretty quaint. We're quaint? No, I was going to say pretty cool 
and great. And what I came up with was quaint. I got nothing for you. I woof. Anyways, that's our plug. Buy some tickets. Come watch the Bros live April 27th at the City Winer in Philadelphia. But um, anyway, as you said, there wasn't a ton going on this week. Um, as you said, not a whole lot popped off this week until last night. We got a wild, wild watch what happens live. And we're going to talk about that in a sec. But our first news coming out of Potomac, they have started production again. They are filming, which leads us to our next little tidbit. Ashley was seen with a new face. She was. Now, I don't know. I, I didn't do enough digging on it, probably. And obviously, you know, we've got months and months until it actually comes out. But new face going right back to Potomac. It is really funny because every time that we talk about production for shows now, it's either Beverly Hills where it's postponed and we're like, what the hell's going on? Yep. Or our reaction is, wow, that was quick. Like Potomac's reunion just ended, what, three, four weeks ago? Yeah, I want to say I feel like they've been starting production on most of them pretty soon after. Yeah. So now I guess their real off season is probably when they finish and then they have to do all the editing. It's turned into an NBA season. Honestly, they get yeah. two months off. They're yeah, on honestly, And then months. they're then they're doing like international tournaments by going on Ultimate Girls Trip. Oh, yeah. Yep. They're going to play in the Olympics for a little uh, the bit. World Baseball it, Classic. Yeah, WBC of Housewives. That's a really good analogy. You called it Ultimate Frisbee today. I like that. I did. Ultimate Frisbee. What happened on Ultimate Frisbee? I love that. (laughs) If there is a Frisbee on one of these shows, you will get the call first. I love that. Ultimate Frisbee trip. Yep. Actually, there is something I want to talk about that we didn't. We always write down the news. You think of the same thing that I was thinking? No, no, no. Do you have something else? Which one could throw a Frisbee the best? Oh, no, but we can talk about that. Who do you think would be the best Frisbee? What what is that? Frisber? Frisber. Frisbee. Frizz Bay. I Frizz like Bay. that. Who would be the best Frizz Bay on Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3? Uh, I'd probably say Heather, although Leah's got big Frisbee energy. Leah does have a lot of Frisbee energy. Yeah. She's definitely hung out at some fields whilst people were playing Ultimate yeah. Frisbee. Yeah. Um, big Central I'm, Park Frisbee guy. Oh, for sure. I'm going to go with, surprise answer, I'm going with Whitney. Okay, yeah, she's got like a she's sneaky athletic. Yeah, she's sneaky. Did you see her doing Muay Thai? She can ski too. She can ski. She was solid at Muay Thai. I'm going with Whitney. I think that if we're talking about who can catch it the worst, would probably be Heather because she'd probably just get a black eye from it, just like straight (laughs) to the dome. That's what happened. That's what happened. Now we know what happened. San Diego, big frisbee town. Heather took one to the face. Jen hit her in the eye with a frisbee. We're playing Clue again. But what I wanted to talk to you about, although I did love that little detour. Hell yeah. I want to call this out because when you guys, our listeners, call us out or you challenge us with something, I do want to address it to, one, give you like a real response and two, let you know like we are paying attention. If something comes in that makes us change our minds, you deserve the credit. This didn't fully change my mind, but on TikTok, we were sent and tagged multiple times by multiple people in a video that was diving into Pizzagate and okay. about the pizzas. Mm-hmm. And I only brought this up now before Jersey because I'm going to forget about it. So in this video, it has actual pictures of the box. It has pictures of this little pizza oven. So that's what it was. This was a little pizza John thing that like you would buy the actual oven and it came, I guess, with like recipes or it came with like different things to make these pizzas oh so cool something that would be really useful during covid right right years too late joe well but the here's the thing and we talked about today on the live a little bit but not a lot this is not 
proof i don't think that anybody got fucked over by somebody else okay so the video was like i guess they have to sell these ovens now via third parties because of some loophole in the contract for them to actually make a profit so they gave these ovens to other people who are now selling them on ebay okay this is the information I was given. What I was shown on this TikTok video is like, this is proof. It's the ovens. It's the picture of the box. And it's Teresa with all of her kids on the box. And it says skinny Italian pizza, which is clearly a knockoff of like skinny girl margaritas, which right. is Bethany Frankel. This doesn't show me like what happened within Pizzagate. Does that to you? Okay. No. That's the information I'm giving you. All right. This is what you've seen. The pizza boxes, things have changed. They definitely went a different marketing route. It's Teresa and her daughters. It's skinny girl pizza. It's all of that shit. But that's it. There's no, it doesn't dive into where the money came from, although it claims that Louis didn't actually sink in a certain amount of money, but there's not physical evidence. I haven't seen receipts. I haven't seen papers. I haven't seen contracts. Yeah. I mean, do we ever think we're really going to get the full story? No, I don't think so. I mean, the fact that even this episode, Joe was ecstatic to be like Pizzagate part two let's talk about dave manzo and it's like that it probably has nothing to do with it. i know like nothing that they're talking about makes any sense on either side now i'll give them that when it comes down to it i feel like we just all as a fan base that are watching these shows have to come to terms with the fact that with certain people joe and Teresa being probably the head of that pack with certain people when we're hearing stories and they're arguing over something and we're getting like very vague details and they're just kind of yelling at each other we just have to assume that we're never going to get an answer like don't take sides don't say well you know Teresa's track record is better than joe's with something like this so i'm going to take her side or joe seems to have more information on it i'm going to take his side just don't just save yourself the hassle go do your taxes don't worry about (laughs) it I think you brought up a great point, though. Like, we're not saying that Louis didn't do some sketchy shit. We're not saying that he didn't force Joe out. There's simply not enough information. And if your info is that we need to take Joe's word for it, that he did have a conversation with the Manzos and all of this did actually fall through. Again, we're taking Joe's word. We're not. Nobody here seems like a trustworthy source. No. So we're just going to let it all play out. You know what's going to happen, though? It's going to be a reunion type of. I've got receipts in my bedazzled folder and Joe pulls out his bedazzled folder <laughs> and it just shows all this stuff that really, again, doesn't add up. And they're just going to get into an argument. Joe's going to shut down. Teresa's going to lose a gasket, blow a gasket, whatever. Blow a gasket. And then Louie's going to try to calm her down and then nothing's going to come of it. So this whole thing, you can tell, I, I knew immediately when Joe was like, Pizzagate part two, he thinks it's going to be so much bigger than it is. Yeah. And if you do not have actual information that damns the other side, it's not going to work. It's just not. You're not coming from a place of like confidence that people are assuming that you're right in any way. Neither is the other side. Just leave it alone. Like we don't care. Just move on. You need physical hard evidence in any franchise on Bravo, period. If you want to be taken 100% at your word, then you need to come with receipts. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's- and it's very telling if the sleuths of Bravo fandom can't find it out, then it probably doesn't exist. Yeah, but there's a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of partial evidence. I need, I need the smoking gun. I need the smoking gun. We're not on team anybody. We will take a firm stance when we are presented with evidence to give yep. us a firm stance to take. That's where we are. Now let's talk about the, I don't know if you want to call it a train wreck. I don't know if you want to call it the most successful Watch What Happens Live ever. I, there's so many different ways to look at this. It was. 
kind of what I've wanted out of Schwartz. Yeah. But I didn't like the way he went about it necessarily. His word choice and word salad was ridiculous. And it shouldn't have taken him this long to do this. No, and you can tell that he is still so firmly on Sandoval's side. Oh, quite clearly. Of all of this. He like, even says it. Like, I'm still, you're still my boy. I still got you. Yeah, back. exactly. And and you can tell, like, case in point, when he talks about, well, I did know about one offense. It was back in August. I knew that they had hooked up. But, like, it wasn't an affair. It's it like, was. Well, a, he said it was a one-time. You are correct. It is an affair. One time is an affair. I do not care if it only happened one time or over six months. Obviously, the six-month-long emotional terror that happened isn't good, but one time is an affair. So just the fact that he said that, it's like, all right, so you are, you're not a credible source. You are still very solidly on Sandoval's side. We can't really take anything that you say to be true. Now, I do, like you said, I do, I wish that we got this a little earlier because, you know, if he had stepped up and was honest about things and said, you know, I was conflicted. That's my best friend. He assured me that it wasn't going to happen again. Just say any of those things. Then we'd be like, all right, like Schwartz is at the end of the day, he's a dumb, lovable guy, or at least he was. If he had just said that to start off with, I think we would have been like, look, dude, like you're going through a lot of shit with your divorce. You're just trying to back your friend. You were in a really tough stance. It's an impossible position to be in. It sucks. You didn't go about it the right way. But look, like you're not the one who cheated on his lifelong girlfriend, fiance, whatever. You were just trying to back up your boy. And some people can understand that. And you can be forgiven. But you hold on to that information for way too long. And then you go and watch what happens live. And you're still so strongly supporting Tom in this whole thing. It just looks shitty. It did. It looks really shitty. And here's a different angle. All right. I want to give this to you from a different lens. And to Dev's credit, she's had this stance about Sandoval, or sorry, about Schwartz from like day one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that she's on to something. So. What if this is an act? Okay. I think that I'm not giving Schwartz credit that he's like a genius, mm -hmm. more of like an idiot savant. Like he's dumb as rocks, but he also knows how to play this like woe is me puppy dog card to a T. Like anytime shit's going wrong, he still comes out with people feeling bad for him. We saw it in the episode. We yeah. watched it happen. He like weirdly walks over to Katie's table and asks her to trim his armpit hair after he made her cry at dinner. He walks away. Not only do like Lala, Christina Kelly, and Katie kind of feel bad for him, us as viewers, you're like, oh man. But then you're like, oh no, not all man. He's a dick. <laughs> like he has this power. I think he knows that. I think he knows he can go and watch what happens live and play this sort of like aloof, like, oh man, I'm just in this terrible spot. And like, I didn't know what to do. I've got my own shit going on. He plays this space cadet and he gets away with shit because he seems like he's just so lovable. And he, oh, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, oh, he's just trying to protect the friend. Whatever his excuse is, like, no, we can't give him a pass because he plays this like soft character on TV. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I think he's always known what he's doing. And I think he knew that he could try to somewhat soften the blow of Scandaval by going on Watch What Happens Live and airing this shit out because you take it kind of more gently coming from him. If that's true, then we've definitely gotten Schwartz wrong this entire time because I, I really don't think that he's smart enough to do something like that. What I can see is Sandoval in the background saying, Schwartz, like, everybody loves you, man. Why don't you just like you're going on watch what happens live after episode nine or whatever it was. Maybe just try to soften the blow a little bit for me. Can you do that for me? And Schwartz would say yes. I yeah. absolutely see that. No, I mean, like, it's not that the other side is wrong or anything. I just can't really see him 
having that much wherewithal to do something like that. But maybe it's, it's not there. Maybe I'm diving too far. I'm giving it too much depth. Maybe just Possibly. the surface level of it is the fact that Sandoval knows, damn it, Schwartz, they're interchangeable. Yeah. That Schwartz is capable of getting away with stuff. He's capable of just playing that kind of victim card or that like everyone just kind of agrees with. Him. He's capable of playing that hurt puppy role and even when he's in the wrong. So I'm not saying that he takes it to the level that I just broke it down sure, to, yeah. but at least the surface level where he's like, you know what? Like I can make them feel bad for me. I think you might be onto something there. I feel like you don't have to be that smart to understand that you have the ability to get away with things. Right. Because people look at you and you're like, oh, you're just like a dumb, lovable guy. That maybe he's just done that for so long that he that's now his personality. It could be. So he just kind of plays dumb all the time when he, he actually is dumb. So that I could definitely see that. Yeah. Credit to Dev. But that takes us to our Rose and our Kate R. Sharif, uh, as our Thorn is newly named. Our Kate R. Sharif Memorial. Yep. If you guys did not listen to the full episode last week, or if you didn't listen last week, one, go back and listen. Two, we had somebody, when I went and asked questions, I always post them on Instagram. She asked a question, but it was more of a statement. It said, please stop with the Rose and Thorn. It's very self-indulgent and insufferable. So I don't know. If you listen to us, you should know that we're just going to take this and run with it. Yeah. And that person was Kate R. Sharif. That's her username. So from here on out until we decide to do otherwise, it will forever be Rose and our Kate R. Sharif of the day. Ah, the thorn. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Cool. I get, okay. I'm good with that. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. It sounds All right. Great. Cool. So why don't you start off our uh, Rose and Kate R. Sharif, right, KRS, so, if you will. Uh, my KRS this week comes from one of our reviews on Apple. Five stars, by the way. Just oh, nice. Putting that out of the way. Sometimes the vibe coming off Shooter is that he hates watching these shows <laughs> like he's over it. Now, look, this one comes. I'm actually just going to say the name from Kojak's wig. <laughs> look, I will forever and always. And if look, like Steele just said, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. If you didn't listen to us from the start, go back and listen to us from the start. I will forever and always be the angry dad watching in the corner. Do yeah. I now get into it more? Yes. Do I pay attention to small details? Of course. But it doesn't mean that all the time I'm going to like what's going on. And neither should you. Just That's, a little yeah. PSA. If the show stinks, which Ultimate Girls Trip 2 stunk, and I will stick by that until the day I die. What's up, Los? Yeah. If it sucks, it sucks. Like, we're allowed to say that things suck. Like, if a team sucks, then they just suck. Just like the go Phillies to the next suck right now. Figure it out. Nobody cares. I'm not going to go watch your games. This, I'm still going to watch, but because I have to watch it, if the show stinks, like Summer House has been stinking recently, I'm going to let you know that it sucks. If something's really good, then I'm going to let you know it's really good. It's really as simple as that. You don't really have to break it down that much. But yeah, no, I, I, don't, really, I don't really appreciate that one. It made me laugh. That's I screenshot that and sent it to you. Yeah, no, that was yeah. That I mean, whatever. What are you gonna do? Um, another review that we got. This is my rose from Heather Ray, and this is honest, and this is why I like it because we're honest and we say these things. So totally recommend listening to these guys. Truthfully, I agree with only about half of their opinions. However, they're real and honest and unapologetic. And that automatically earns my respect. Some podcasts are so ridiculously single-minded in their fan worship that they have no mental faculties to be objective and logical. So please read this if you're willing to see at least on both sides. 
Heather from Maryland. Hey, thanks, Heather from That's Maryland. That's back-to-back, honestly. You had one last week that talked about yeah. pretty much summed up what we do here. This is exactly what we do, and it's honest. I, You know what? I don't give a shit if you listen to us and agree with all of our opinions you shouldn't agree with all of our opinions you know what no and that's like it's like people that only follow one news source instead of following all the news sources so you get it from all sides i want to know what's going on on political no god no god no (laughs) for the love of god no i'm simply saying just because it's an easy comparison to make yeah you need to see both sides of the table that's all i'm saying that makes for the best viewing experience because you can come to your own opinions but that makes me happy because we sit here and we pride ourselves on being unapologetic and not being biased towards people that we don't know even if we meet them at like say BravoCon, we interview them whatever we don't like personally know them they're not our friends so i'm not going to blindly support people or a show we're going to rip into it and if you don't agree with it just fucking let us know. We yeah, give you enough us. opportunities, and especially with social media, tweet us, go on Instagram, go on TikTok, comment things. You might end up as a Kate R. Sharif. But on to my Rose and Kate R. Sharif. I'm going to start with my Kate R. Sharif because, you know, I like to finish it with the Rose and happy stuff. But both of them are kind of thorns. So I commented on a Queens of Bravo post today, um, and it, it was in regards to rachel going to katie and christina kelly's room and kind of laying down the demands via sheena all right and i didn't agree with that scene anyway but i just said nobody's winning here they all suck is pretty much what i said like the rachel is thirsty and the mean girls act is tired and i think we have like 70 responses on that now and a lot of them are really funny so i got both my rose and my krs from there so my krs is this this is annoying as fuck. Katie doesn't suck. She was disregarded for 12 years. When she sticks up for herself, she sucks in quotes. Okay, bro, I cannot with these men judging women. Bye. First of all, first of all, we said that everybody sucks. I said literally everybody sucks. Every, all of them. Like No one's winning this season, if you haven't noticed. Second, we are a Bravo podcast. We literally have to comment on these things. This is what we talk about on a daily basis. So. Third, because we had a few people say this. They're like, you guys just don't like when a woman, like, you guys just don't like when a woman stands up for herself and you think it's a mean girl act. Not at all. Not in the slightest. I appreciate anybody standing up for themselves when it's appropriate. Sitting at a dinner table, watching a party that you were uninvited to with two people and talking shit about it is mean girl behavior. And if you can defend that move, you're probably a mean girl. Whether you're a guy or a girl, it doesn't matter. If you're defending that behavior that it's not mean girl behavior, you, in fact, are a mean girl, period. Yep. Anyway, moving on to my rose. And this is also kind of a thorn, but it was a funnier one, and it's from the same post. This one comes from Rachel Corona. And Rachel, I hope you're listening. She said, at my comment, at Bra Bros, oh my God, of course this would be some quote-unquote bros comment. Like she doesn't know who we are. Yeah. I clicked on the profile just to be like, all right, well, who is this? She follows us. So you know who we are. So that's my rose because I thought it was hysterical. It's funny because it's either she followed us after seeing the comment on Queens of Bravo. She didn't because I scrolled. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, you can filter like by followers of the day or like whatever. So I looked just to make sure. And she did not start following us today. I don't know when she did, but it was not today. Yeah, you followed us. This is what happens (laughs) with social media. Is the people that comment and they ask who we are, but you follow us. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, I just don't, whatever. I, 
let's not even waste any time on that. It made me giggle. But anyway. But that takes us to Vanderpump, and it was not a crazy episode, just kind of a lot of the same stuff we've been seeing. They're down in Mexico for Brock and Sheena's wedding. It's getting close to the big day. And we start out where, obviously, we should start out, and that's with a divorced couple having dinner for their anniversary. Naturally, that's where we're always going to begin with this. <laughs> um, that's the logical next step. It's just, the whole thing was, it was just a bad idea to begin with. Terrible. But- from Schwartz's perspective, you're invited to Sheena's wedding and you're making a big deal about this. And then you're going and having a pseudo divorce dinner, house selling type of thing going on with your ex-wife at an event in which she was uninvited from. It's just a really bad look to begin with. And what did you think was going to happen? You haven't been able to sit down with your ex-wife and have a normal conversation ever. Not even when you were married. This is part of the reason that you're no longer married. Yeah, it always ends in a fight. So do you think that like now this big relief has just come off of both of you and you can sit down and just be friends and talk about like a financial transaction and celebrate? No, it was right from the jump when that waiter comes over and he says, je ne sais pas. Victor, what the hell? Vlad, 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 yeah. And I only know that because something Russian. Yeah, (laughs) they were getting into it. Schwartz was like actively talking shit to Katie and he walks up and goes, eh, oh, sup, lad. And I wrote down, sup, lad. Yeah. No, that's it. They, they, he maintained that the whole time. And honestly, like, that's a really weird characteristic to have to be able to like really get into it and start like ripping each other back and forth in a very like mean way and like breaking down and she's crying. And then the waiter comes over and you just completely flip a switch. He's like always been wrong. able to do that. that yeah. That gives that's more really merit shitty... to Dev's theory. Yeah. That he knows he's what robot. he's doing. I don't know if he knows what he's doing, but either way, it was just a really bad idea. I also, I don't agree with either of them in this too. And this is kind of goes back to what we already said. You don't have to pick a side. It's just a shit idea. It's just not a good idea at all. And when Katie starts talking about, well, you've known Brock, you see Brock like three times a year and you're going to take his side. But then when she goes to Christina Kelly afterwards, she says that Tom was just being a dick the whole time. She brought it up. I know. You could have just, if this is what you want, and this is really what you want from your friendship, post-relationship, whatever, then just don't talk about things that are irritating you about the other person. Just talk about the house and just Keep celebrate. it face value and get out of there unscathed. This is not just because you went at Katie a little bit doesn't mean that Schwartz is vindicated here. Mm-hmm. He's an idiot, too. He's sitting there calling her provocateur while she's crying. Yeah. Like, just understand it, dude. Read the room. You guys don't have to do this to each other because you're not married anymore. Because you're not married anymore, you can avoid this kind of train wreck of a dinner. Just don't fucking do it. Understand that you're divorced. You know Go what would be cool ways. is just going over when you know that Katie's weirdly having dinner 50 yards away from Sheena's wedding. Go over. Give her a little cheers and say, good job selling that house. Yeah, hey. Boom, done. See ya. You know what? Happy anniversary. Wink, walk away. And maybe your armpit hair would get cut if maybe, you just were nice. You'd have a better chance of having shorter pits, dude, if yeah. you just could be nice. But whatever. Moving on. This is when we start to see a little bit of a breakdown between Lala and Sheener. And they've been getting closer. I do know they're fine because they've been doing podcasts together recently and all that stuff. So I don't think this carries over very much. But in the time of, we flash back. This is about the catamaran, the boat trip the next day. Lala is questioning going because she doesn't feel safe around Raquel. So she's like, I don't know if I'm going to go. 
and James outs her for it, and he tells Sheena that, and Sheena gets pissed naturally because like everyone's here for that reason. You're here for the wedding. Yeah. It's a wedding. Like, this is what destination weddings are. There is an itinerary, especially if you're involved with those in the wedding. She's now questioning going on the catamaran. Sheena gets pissed about it. Brock is the one that speaks for Sheena, and Brock breaks it down to her. It feels to her, Sheena, that Lala's taking Katie's side, that she's down there for Katie and that she agrees with Katie. And like optics would say that you are doing that. Yes. And you don't help yourself after the fact because you end up having dinner with them. And like, we'll get to that later. But she then agrees to go on the boat, and I guess things are kind of squashed. I don't really know. I Even time. just the way that she went about it, I thought it was really funny that James just immediately threw her under the bus. Well, he's like unhinged, especially oh, now is. with his drinking. Yeah, but he immediately threw her under the bus. And look, it wasn't, was it his place to say that? No, probably not. But he didn't like maliciously throw her under the bus. He just said something that he shouldn't have said. That's fine. Lala chasing Sheena down afterwards was yelling, I don't know why James would say that. I just don't know. He didn't say anything bad. He just said that you were thinking about not going on the boat. He just kind of said what you're what you doing. were doing. Yeah. Like it, it he all he did was just take your opportunity away. When were you going to sit down with her by the way? Cuz the boat trip's tomorrow and it's 9 a.m. and it is like 10 p.m. So when exactly and she's going from the dinner back to her room to drop stuff off, going to the bar, like when were you going to have this conversation with her if ever? Or were you going to shoot her a text in the morning and, and say that you were feeling sick? I was literally going like, to say that. That's probably what was yeah. going to happen. But then we get Lala in her confessional, and here comes the tough guy, Lauren. I know, dude. Oh, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Okay, Lala, and then the tough guy is Lauren. Yes. Tough nice. guy Lauren hey. comes right back out. There you go. That was for you, YouTube. YouTube. But you get her coming out like, some bitch is going to go overboard, and it's not going to be me. It's like, no, it's not. You're just going to avoid her the whole time. You're not with your posse. Christina Kelly and Katie are not going to be there to back you up. If anything, people are on Raquel's side. But that's the thing. If Lala was just honest about it and was like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of dreading it, but I'll just avoid her. We'd respect her. Done. Done. Yeah, like, we get sure. it. You guys aren't cool. You're not friends. You don't like her. Just fucking avoid her. For the, like, the sake of Sheena's wedding, just avoid her and have a good time and then cling to the people that you do like. Agreed. And don't go over and talk to Raquel. Now Raquel has no boundaries, so she may come over and start talking to you. And say some off-color shit. Exactly. And just yes her to death and just make her go away. But don't sit in your confessional and be like, a bitch is going to go overboard because it's not. You're never going to have a confrontation with her when you don't have your mean girl posse to back you up. It's just not going to happen. Firmly agree. That was very well said. And I'll take it a step further because I wouldn't have even agreed with this move, but I would have respected this move had she taken the time to sit Sheena down before this happened, before 10 p.m. the night before. I would have been like, you should still do it because it's about Sheena. This is all about Sheena. Just suck it up and go. But I would have been like, all right, at least you took the time to like address it before 12 hours before you're supposed to leave. And then the next thing that happens, this is what sparked the whole comment war today uh, on Queens of Bravo. We get Katie and Christina Kelly in their room post Schwartz dinner. And Katie texted her like, where are you? And she's like, oh my God, I'm coming right now. And like runs to the room. And she's doing some damage control from the dinner. And like Katie is upset, understandably so. Like it didn't go very well at all. And we get a knock at the door. And I thought it was going to be Schwartz. So did I. And who was it? Rachel. With the weirdest approach I've ever seen. And lays down ground rules that Sheena told to her to tell Christina and Katie about the wedding. Don't be here. Don't go to this pool. You were removed from this list, so you're not allowed here. Blah, 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 blah. 
they obviously sit there and like giggle at each other and like just kind of play this whole act. I didn't think, and that's also what people don't understand is like in that moment, I'm not really calling them mean girls because I probably would have had a similar reaction. But this takes me to my point that I made last week that everyone that got mad at me glossed over what I was trying to say. What I was saying was regardless of whether you think that Katie and Christina Kelly are right for going on this trip, regardless of if they're right for holding on to that reservation, they will come off the losers here overall because of the optics. That's all. When you have a scene like this, whether you have to lay down ground rules, you can't go here because we're doing a wedding that you're uninvited to and you decided to come anyway. Yeah, no, and there were a couple of little weird things going on here. There was an odd dynamic that I haven't really seen before. Christina Kelly, what kind of vibe were you getting from her? She was a little apologetic. Yeah. She was backing off. She was actually echoing what Raquel was saying and telling Katie essentially what Raquel was saying. Well, we also find and out. And then we see yeah. Christina Kelly later sit down with Sheena and try to squash it. Why? Like, what are you? What? Like, I don't understand it. I guess I maybe why. she has a fucking conscience. No. Why, why do you think of this? No, she wants to be on the show. Okay. I she think she wants that's to fair. be on the show and she needs to make nice with more people than just Katie. That's a so good she's point. She's playing the game. I didn't think about that. So, like, and I'm completely over the fact that Katie and Christina Kelly are at this wedding now. I look, it takes me a couple of weeks to process things. I understand it's a show and they had to go and there's filming going on to be done. You don't want to be sad back in your apartment and whatever. So I'm fine with it. I don't care about that. But you do see when Raquel comes in and yes, did she go about it the wrong way? Was Sheena actually joking? Maybe. Sheena wasn't joking. I think maybe Sheena was joking a little bit and Raquel is just, I don't want to say unhinged, but I think she's just trying to make herself a spot in this show. For sure. So She's going to hunt down these moments that she can. But you can kind of see on Katie's face like, oh, what the hell? Like, I wanted to be in the preferred pool area, hanging out with all of them, showing my face around Sheena just to see her squirm. Like, you can see all of that going through her head. Uh, okay. And that's exactly what their plan was. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. You're going to be down there. You're not invited to the wedding. Go do your own thing at the resort. You're still going to get filmed. Lala is still obviously going to come over and hang out with you guys. There's still going to be things going on. Obviously, this dinner with Tom was as awkward as it was. It's funny TV. But then when this gets squashed, you kind of see your life flash before your eyes. and You're like, shit, like the whole plan of me going in there and embarrassing Sheena is just completely gone. OK. All right. Because I, th- I really do think that's what was going on. And then you get Christina Kelly kind of like, oh, shit, like maybe we won't do that. Like, that's probably not a good plan. It, it sounds like yeah, it's it was, a bad it was look weird. There us. was a lot of things going on there that I, you know, maybe she just, just to catch. recognized the fact that you're we're gonna come out looking bad Mm -hmm. we're not gonna look good when you're sitting there like giggling at their party yeah it's It's a a bad look what did you think about the babster party jesus (laughs) i i don't know i got like um frank and joe vibes with the thongs with their face with uh brock's face on it that was weird there was some there was some ball touching going on Yeah, there was definitely some ball touching going on some ass slapping weird shit for sure honestly i if anything james hit the hit the nail on the head he did he was he did aside from bringing in kangaroos to fuck yeah other than they that pretty part. much did everything else so it was bizarre but i do love the the 180 that james does i'm dreading doing this i really have to like get up and go out there and hang out with brock and his friends i can't imagine doing this and then afterwards when he's talking to ali he's like I could see myself hanging out with those guys. Like, they're going clubbing, drinking a lot, having a great time. Like, 
you know, I, I could do that. Yeah, of course, because they get <laughs> rowdy and he's into that. He just couldn't, I can't see myself sitting down to dinner with him. Yeah, exactly. But he can see himself like raging with those guys. Absolutely. And the last thing in the episode is like a, a pre-wedding rehearsal dinner party and it's juxtaposed to this dinner with Lala, Katie, and Christina Kelly. But right before we get there, I do want to talk about Allie and Lala had a little conversation on the boat. Yeah. And Weird. Lala seemingly drags James, one of her closest friends who she claims to love and have loving feelings for, whether that's friendly or otherwise is irrelevant. She pretty much says to Allie, like, you better be careful because he's going to fuck you up. How is this really any different than what Raquel did with her? Like, if we're this, it's if not. this is the same energy that we had going after Rachel for doing that in what the first or second episode yeah. before the scandal shit. We drug Raquel for doing that and kind of even gave Allie shit for listening to it. Now Lala's sitting there, one of his closest friends, doing the exact same thing. If you're Allie, you got to be like, what? First first thought is, is there loyalty in this friend group at all? Probably sure. not. Two, maybe they're right. I've had That's enough bigger people one, tell me yeah. this. Like, maybe I should just run away from James. Like, if people are telling me to do this, but he's being really nice and sweet. The writing's kind of on the wall here, and maybe that's like kind of the subliminal tone here. At the end of the last episode, you get James just blowing a gasket. I used it right that time. Yeah, we did. And Allie had to walk away. And that's something that we haven't seen one of James's girlfriends or fiancés or whatever do in the past. She comes back. She has a good time. Everything's fine. But she did see that. And she's like, when he's drinking, it's scary. Like, I don't really know where it's going to go. He's unhinged. Now we've got Lala, one of his closest friends, warning me about this. Like, maybe I should do some digging on this and possibly walk away. She's not going to. I don't think so. James, ha I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what power this man has, but when he gets involved with somebody, they are head over heels. Lala fell for it mm -hmm. way back. Raquel, now Allie, like, it's, he has, there's something about him. Well, a skeptic might say that Lala was doing this so that she could have James afterwards, but she is happily talking to the Don. Confirmation, by the way, because the I, I was about 75% on it being the Don versus like La Don or something else that maybe I misheard. And lo and behold, subtitles once again saved us. It's the His Don. name is fucking Don. Even Bravo comes through and says, this is Don. Yeah, Don. Where's Don. But then we have to sit Why are through... other people calling him the Don? Why do we have to sit and listen to him dirty talk I again? I don't know. It was gross. Like, and not even... The first time it's gross here's my other thing. Somehow. It was just like, it wasn't even clever. No. All you did was repeat words that like Sometimes represent a hot pizza. They were sexualized talking... pizza. I didn't realize that's what they were talking about. Look, hey. pizza's sexy as fuck. Yeah. I'm not denying that. But he didn't even do it in a clever way. She's like, yeah, it's just too hot. He's like, yeah, hot, sweaty. No, pizza's not sweaty, bro. Like, what? <laughs> pizza are you eating? Yeah. Like, so it's disgusting. Let's get to the dinner. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> we got the white party, and then we got the Katie Lala, Christina Kelly dinner. What are your thoughts immediately when I see this? I'm like, you know, Katie's like, I had no idea that the dinner would be right there. Like, yeah, you did. Well, Christina Kelly, I think, said, oh, they put us here for dinner. And I honestly, I think it was production and i don't want to be that guy that's always just pointing out production doing shady shit yeah but bravo is very honest about them doing shady shit with production and editing so i do honestly think that like hey like why don't you guys go have dinner here this seems like a good spot that we can film oh it just happens to be 50 yards from this party that you're uh, invited you think to. this is production yeah probably I, but also it's a resort so maybe uh, i was just at a resort down in uh charleston humble they had like one restaurant that you could really eat at this place had four 
Oh, did it? Right, they said there was oh, multiple. They, they said that though. they picked this restaurant because it had the best menu. Okay. That was their their justification. Maybe it did. I, you know what? The coincidences happen. I just, when there's Bravo stuff going on, it's usually not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. And regardless of whether it was production involved or not, Lala being there is a terrible look. You're confirming what Brock said the night before. You're not here for Sheena. And then for you to use the excuse, like, there's just so much. There's a party before the party. Then there's a boat trip. Blah, blah, blah. That is a destination wedding. What That's you also just what described. she said a week before. I'll be there for everything except for the intimate bridesmaids. Yeah. Things. Everything else, when there's a lot of people around, I'll definitely be there. You tried to a lot of people. One. How many fucking people were on that boat, by the way? There was like 40 people on that exactly. boat out there. Like, you're fine. You don't have to worry about Raquel on the other side of the boat. How many people were at this party the night before the wedding? A hundred, it seems. 150, 200 people running around playing water drums, which looked sick. That looked like fun. The fire dancers were awesome. Like, all of that looked like so much fun. Instead, you just decided to go hang out with the uninvited crew and be sad. Like, their whole conversation is about Tom's dinner the night before and how sad it is. And then talking about Sheena and just like it's talking weird. shit about the party, talking shit about the wedding. Like, yeah, like it's, it's got to a- be annoying to sit there. Like it's just negative. And honestly, I think that's maybe that's just who they are. Like I know that Katie is just a negative person. Christina Kelly seems like a negative person. Sounds like she's just trying to get herself out of that. Lala is also a very negative person. So if you want to go sit around and talk negativity, fine, go ahead and do that. But don't wear your white dress that you were supposed to wear to the white party. And go sit with these people who were not friends of Sheena. Yeah, no, I, I hated the whole yeah, scene. Stupid, and it just confirms exactly what I was saying in the TikTok. Yeah, it's a bad look, regardless of who's in the right. You're gonna look like a dick, and that's exactly what they looked like. They looked like three assholes sitting there, like being mean girls. Yeah. So good for you. Do you feel good now, like watching yourself on TV? Like, haha, we showed them. Like, probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate as it is. And we're not even going to talk about it that much. The episode ends with a makeout between Schwartz and Raquel, but at this moment in time, it's somewhat irrelevant. No, it really is. It's so funny because that was definitely going to be like the big moment of the season. Like, look at this. James is probably pissed off. Like, they probably just cut any James footage if he was even around, which it didn't even look like he was around. I don't even know if he went to that party. But yeah, just completely just misses the mark because no one cares about this. It doesn't fucking matter. What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about ZocDoc. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know that last week I was sick for like 12 days. I was miserable and I didn't know who to go see. I was texting Shooter, but he's an idiot. And all my other friends didn't seem to know what was wrong with me. Neither did Google. I went there and it told me I was dying in five days. So I needed a better option. So what did I do? I went to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Go to ZocDoc.com bros and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C- doc.com slash bros zocdoc.com slash bros but now to our new show ultimate frisbee trip i have a confession to make let me hear it i don't dislike this show (laughs) hey los we got him yeah i look if anything it just solidifies the fact that i hated everybody on ultimate girls trip too 
Okay. They were all ex-wives club for a reason. You don't, you just shouldn't be on a TV show anymore. You're boring. You're just washed up. You stink. No one cares. This one, aside from the Whitney Heather bullshit that we didn't care about during Salt Lake, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And it's actually kind of interesting because, and I'm sorry to, if Chris is listening, Candace does not look that great. She is kind of siding with the wrong people. She's having a hard time going into it. I was like, oh yeah, like she's going to team up with somebody. Maybe she teams up with Portia. That would be awesome. She's mm-hmm. going to go after and take down Giselle. Instead, Giselle got the Portia quick. Yeah, they're tight. They are tight as hell. And the other pleasant surprise from this is Marisol and Alexia. They've been delightful. They've been fine. Why can't they do this in Miami? I don't know. They're like not, aside from the speaking Spanish at the dinner table, talking shit on somebody else. But they weren't. Yeah, they were. They were, they were talking shit on Candace for birthday. Oh, right. Yep. But aside from that, they've been fine. Like, I really haven't been annoyed by really anyone except for Heather and Whitney's bullshit because Salt Lake is just not there. We got a Lisa Barlow appearance briefly mm-hmm. on a FaceTime, which was nice. But the rest of it has actually been kind of enjoyable to watch. And I do like the games that they played, even with the reasonable shady shit. But you get a little bit more. And Portia's been a lot of fun. She's been kind of dragging people for telling lies. You get other people that, you know, from Salt Lake City that wouldn't have questioned Heather on the black eye are really going after her and just telling her that she's full of shit. And like, that's really nice to see. It's fun. And I'm having a great time. What are you looking around for? I said this to you last week. Yeah, I said, I don't, well, I don't is, listen. isn't it going to be, <laughs> it's going to be nice to have other people question Heather about the black eye. It's going to be nice to have someone else go after Giselle. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I no, don't no, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to watch it. Nobody's going after Giselle. No one's going after Giselle. She's is... untouched once again. Wait till, so I watched episode five mm-hmm. and Candace starts to go in on her a little bit. But honestly, it kind of... We're used to that. But that's what I was going to say. It rings just like the Heather Whitney thing where you're kind of like, I don't want to see this. And back to what you were talking about, the games, these are the moments where I like these shitty games. Because like when we're on Summer House and they play that one game, Danielle makes Amanda cry, whatever. Oh, yeah. Stir the pot. Stir the pot. Yeah, stir the pot. It just, it never makes sense to me in those moments because I don't feel like... They're just mean. Yeah, and I don't feel like you need to force something. Like, something's going to happen. In these ones where, like, the chemistry is obviously going to be off because these women don't know each other as well, I like having the games because it forces them to bring the issues up immediately. Now they have to talk about shit, and we've only got, you know, six to ten episodes somewhere in there to get this shit done. Right. We got to have our sides picked. We got to have people against people. We got to have our factions, and we got to have some arguments. Yeah. That's part of the show. We need the drama. So it forces that to the to the head and one thing that i would take away from these shows if i was bravo production is the one the split screen commentary great it's always great and i understand that they can't really do that all the time because they film confessionals completely aside from everything else but in a trip like this you have to go sit down and do your confessional as we saw with whitney's stupid confessional at the end between that and also the duo confessionals i love that like when you see candace and leah sitting on a couch together talking Mm -hmm. about some shit Do that more often. Now, I understand you can't do it during the regular season. Yes, sports reference for all of you out there. You can do it when they go on trips. When they're in exhibition mode. Yeah. Like when Beverly Hills goes up to Aspen, you've got people together. Let Sutton and Garcelle sit on the same couch during a like one-off confessional and talk some shit. Yeah. Like we like to see that kind of chemistry there because there's no one else around them to influence them. So it's really nice to see. There's a couple of things that you can take away. But overall, I kind of enjoy it. I enjoyed it too. I only want to talk about 
kind of one thing here, and it is in regards to the Heather and Whitney thing. And it's just one thing. Heather says in a confessional, if you want to like if you want to be friends, be friends. If you want to be a villain, be the villain, but like pick a side. Be real, is what she says to her. Be yeah. real. Whitney avoids answering a question that she does answer later on in her confessional about the three secrets or three lies that Heather's told on camera. Instead of saying it in front of these women and on camera, she says, I want us to figure this out. So she eats a scorpion. She eats a scorpion instead of going into your shit. And then you say you want her to be real. I don't know what's more real than eating a poisonous bug instead of talking shit about your friend or ex-friend or cousin, whatever you want to label her. That's, to me, that would at least garner like a conversation. I'd be like, all right, if you're willing to eat a scorpion, like, let's talk. No, that's a, that's a really good point, and it gets completely nullified because she goes right after that dinner and starts talking about it. Yeah, I mean, she's a confessional, yeah, yep. so if she could just stop doing that, maybe, and look, like, if there's just no friendship to be had with Heather anymore, just move on. Like, what are you, you going to do? It's not, I will point out, I don't think anybody understands Mormonism. No. Because when, and I get it, look, it's a tired storyline, we're over it, whatever. But the rest of the women around there are like, what do you like? Just what, don't you, go you don't, to church. You don't go to church? <laughs> like, who cares? Like, you're, you're a bad churchgoer? You don't, whatever. No, they control Stop their lives. About it. Like, no, no, th- th- there is actually more to this. They're just not really good at explaining Mm-mm. ever. So it's just a completely, like, missed connection there that I actually found a lot of humor in. But other than that, yeah, no, we're good. All right, cool. Let's move on to a little summer house. Moving right along, we end up in the Hamptons with Summer House once again, finishing up with Boys Night. And I got to ask you, yep. what did you think of the prank of stealing other people's things? I thought it was funny-ish. Chill. The panties. Yeah. Yeah. That's like fucking weird. And the fact that they go missing is, is a bigger bizarre. concern. Yeah. It, it's not a funny, like, campy, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go in an underwear raid. Like... Those times are gone. Yeah, and do you That's think that Sierra even anymore. knew before she watched that? I she was hope. Probably like, oh, I lost oh, a pair of underwear. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it has to come out again. Event. Oh man, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Maybe she just thinks she lost them. No, super weird. That's got to be. Like, don't I don't want nobody even went into that pile until the very end of the weekend when Chris walks in. He's like, oh, by the way, here's all your stuff. Whatever. I, I really don't want to think about it. Probably. I look. All I know is if someone went in my drawers, I'd be like a little upset. Yeah, no, definitely not my drawers, upset. like my bureau, like my underwear drawers. If someone stole my underwear, I'd be like, "Why are you going? Not just get out of my creepy. Get out of my personal stuff. Get out of my personal space." Yeah, but um, we do get a little bit of life shot into the party with Corey. I'm so glad Corey's there. I missed Corey. I like I know, Corey. Corey's he's funny, great. man. He walks through, and he's just got like a different energy about him. What Summer House really should be. He's there to have. He's fun. got the OG. So that's how all these people used to walk into the yeah. house. Like, let's go. We're doing shots immediately. Flip cup bar party. Yeah, that's what he walks in. And that's what we want to see, and that's why we watch the show. That's why we watch the show to begin with. And immediately, you see the infatuation with Sam. Lo and behold, they are in a relationship. They've been dating since, since this then. show. Yeah. yeah. So I guess eventually during that weekend or whatever, if he's only there for the weekend, they do hook up at some point and they've been dating ever since. But Craig, I kind of want to spend a little time on Craig. Without Austin there, 
he's just so much better. I know. And honestly, without being around like Shep and all the other Southern Charm people, he's so much better. And we did see a glimmer of that in the beginning of last Summer House. And then it all went to shit when Austin was but there. We like, every fell in weekend. love with Craig because of Paige and Craig yep. in the original Summer House. Like when they came in, that's when we were like, wow, Craig's kind of dope. And then we watched Southern Charm and he stunk. So it was like a very quick up and down. Yeah. But there seems to be some common denominators here that yeah. you've very nicely pointed out. And there's a common denominator with whether or not the show is going well. And it's without Austin, honestly. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest. But either way, it's still way more fun. You can tell that everybody's having a good time. The male to female ratio there is a little bit better. Yep. It has a lot more to it. And we get to see a little more of the party, which is what we always want to see. And it takes so much more pressure off of the Lindsay Carl aspect of it all. It takes pressure off of the dumb shit. And I really laughed at the like 4 a.m. By the way, 4 a.m. This yeah. is the latest we've seen in the mall season. 4 a.m. Craig is trying to put on a movie. I think he was trying to put on Minions. Minions. It's a great fall For him and Corey movie. to watch movies. And then Paige is just like, shut up, you fucking idiots. Like, that was really funny. I like that. It's it relatable. Enjoyable. It's yeah. relatable. Yeah. I could see myself at the end of a night, like, bunking up with people like, what are we watching tonight, boys? Minions? Fuck yeah. Like, Minions <laughs> it is. Great. <laughs> but the one thing we also get is uh, this is a theme. It's a recurring theme. I want to talk about it. With Sierra, we've seen it in the past. She says to Maya, like, oh, you know what? I would hook up with Corey. She's a little infatuated yep. with Corey. When he gets there, she doesn't say anything to him. She's no. not really flirting. She's not putting out the vibe. But then she seems to get a little, I don't want to say upset, because she's not, like, up in arms that Sam kind of steps in and starts flirting with Corey. But you can see her making faces. I think she feels a certain way about that happening. But we've seen this in the past. Like, mm -hmm. she likes a guy, doesn't pursue the guy, somebody else hooks up with said guy, and then she gets mad about it. I don't know if she was necessarily mad. So that whole scene at the dinner table, when Sam is talking to Corey, they kept flashing over to Sierra, and she's looking over, seemingly making faces and doing mm -hmm. this and that and whatever. And I actually said, like, I think Bravo production is just completely just. Oh, uh, you're with just this. production. I know, I know, I know. Time. It really is. It's getting old, man. I know it is. And Colleen <laughs> even looked over and she's like, "Maybe you just don't like these shows anymore." And I'm like, "Did you leave a review? Is that? Recently? Oh my god, no, it wasn't there." But seriously though, like I was looking and I'm like, I really don't think that she's reacting to their conversation. I think that she's just making faces to other people. I don't think she gives a shit. Like I, looking back at the conversation that she had with Maya, she's like, "Yeah, he's hot." You know, like I probably would hook up with him, whatever. It's not like she was doing last year when Austin was coming to town and it was this whole big pressure-filled thing. Like, oh, Austin's coming. Are you going to talk to him? Is it going to be fun? Are you guys going to hook up? Like, she was immediately like, yes, absolutely, I will. Like, I'm going to pursue Austin. I'm going to go after this. And then when she gets mad about it later, that's what happens. She didn't really indicate that she was going to push hard on Corey. It just kind of happened. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe the production thing is getting a little old for me. Maybe I need to take a step back just, and reevaluate. Just take a step back and reevaluate. Step back and reevaluate my life. Yeah. Wow. The whole life. Everything. Just because of Bravo production. Okay. Thanks, Bravo. You've made Shooter <laughs> look inward. That's a that's a hard task. Bravo, Bravo. <laughs> Last but not least, we're in Ron J or Ron Hay, however you want to pronounce it. We start off once again, and we're not going to get into it too much, um, with the Dolo, Frank, and Pauly 
thruple drama. And there was one thing, it was either last week, it might have been this week, I don't know. One thing that was said by Dolores that I think Paul needs to understand, because now I'm I'm not team Frank on this. I do still feel that there needs to be more boundaries, yeah. but I think Paul's taking a shitty approach now. I think he's he's being too tough guy about it. I think he needs to pull back. And Dolores said something that was interesting to me. She said, Frank doesn't like change. This has nothing to do with anything else. This is not... Oh, he misses Dolores's love. Oh, I miss like the possibility of being with Dolores or any of that shit. I don't think that that's it at all. I agree with Dolores. It's just the change factor. It's not being able to have that emotional relationship with her anymore. But other than that, I don't think there's like any shady shit going on. And I think it's the wrong approach. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with you there. I like Paul a lot. I think that his approach is like, yes, obviously, like he's with Dolores now. So that's great. The way that he hosted the party later was even better. He honestly. was a like, fantastic host, yeah. Completely opened his house up to all oh, these women that let he me clarify. Know. I like Paul. I oh, like yeah, Paul that, a lot. I, but I like him a lot, and I also understand, like, he doesn't understand the dynamic between Frank and Dolores, because it is weird. And Dolores even said as much. Like, this is unlike probably any other relationship that anyone might have with their ex-husband. Okay, like, it is but different. counterpoint, and I'm only saying this so you can continue with your point. Mm-hmm. She then says to him, he's got a very close relationship with his ex. I don't think it's the same. I'm sure it's not the same dynamic, no, yeah. but there's something to be said there. Continue. Yeah, but I imagine that his ex is probably not walking in the door every day or bugging her, or rather, she's not bugging him to go do things or set things up for him like Frank was doing with Dolores. So there is like another level to that, whereas Polly might be just viewing it like, look, like we've got kids together. I still talk to my ex-wife because that's my communication to my kids. That's kind of where it should be. So he doesn't him not understanding the dynamic between Frank and Dolores and hearing from other people like, you know, maybe Joe or whoever through the grapevine that Frank is struggling with this new dynamic. It does kind of sound like he misses Dolores. Like it's it's hard because we know Frank and we know what right. their relationship is. So we know there is no real relationship emotional bond there but there is another bond and it is emotional it's the familial bond it's yeah. not the the spousal bond i don't see that's i don't know i think that okay i think that he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too he I has agree with that. loving girlfriends that he's enjoying and having a great time with but he's also always had Dolores, not like a mother, maybe like an older sister at this point. Like there's no or like romantic a pseudo emotional. wife, I guess. Yeah, like a sort of like a pseudo wife, like a shadow wife. If you shadow will. wife, okay. Let's go with that. Coin that term. I think Paul's not wrong necessarily. Like he I does. I don't need... think he's wrong. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's wrong. I think that it would go a long way if he could change the approach to being. You know what? We're all sitting down. We're figuring this out. And then we're, we're not leaving the room until this is squashed. I think it would be much more beneficial to not only his relationship with Dolores, but also Frank's going to be there, dude. He's not going to be out of the For picture. Sure. And this whole thing, like, you should have came to me first. Paul saying that to Frank. You should have came to me. We could have talked about it. Well, he didn't. And this is where you're at now. So let's figure this shit out rather than go back and forth every episode now and talk about the Frank, Dolores, and Paul relationship. And still, we've talked about this same shit three weeks in a row, not one time has Frank talked to Paul, has Paul talked to Dolores to tell Frank something, or vice versa. Well, after that conversation, though, has Frank reached out to Paul? Fair Probably point. Probably not. Okay, so fair point. Fair point. I, I, I think he's taking, and I don't, I'm not saying this is the right way to do it or the wrong way, 
I think the approach that Paul is taking is more of a kind of like a stern father, like, no, we're not going to do this your way. We're going to do it my way. Dolores is my girlfriend now. Maybe, you know, if you believe the coffee readings, we'll be a fiance and a wife in the future. I'm not going to give you too much too fast. I'm not going to give you the gratification of living in your world. This is, I'm making a world with Dolores now. Okay. You need to accept that and I will let you in. We will let you in when it's appropriate. And I think that Frank is the kind of guy that if he walks out and just says, hey, Frank, like, how you doing? Kind of like how David was. They're going to be like best friends, buddy, buddy, whatever. Maybe Paul just doesn't want that. Maybe Paul's like, look, dude, I get it. Like, you're a great father to the kids that are going to be in my life for the rest of my life. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that I have to be buddy-buddy. And as soon as he opens that door, Frank is going to try to be buddy-buddy with him. And he doesn't really want that. You don't have to open that door to just take the high road and have the conversation. Like, I th- it yeah, I think a conversation needs to be had. I just, I would be careful because Frank will take a lot of liberties. I agree. I think that there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. All right. I think there's a fine line. You just have to find it. And you're they, right. right. The only that's way they're going to find it is with a conversation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's it. I'm not yeah. saying that he's wrong. I think Paul is in the right. I just, his, his approach could change and I think it would be beneficial yeah. to everybody involved. But I love Paul. I do. I think he's great. But, but the next thing I want to discuss is the Fuda adoption scene where she's talking about adopting John Fuda's son. How did you feel about that? I thought it was emotional. I thought it was real, which is something that we don't get a whole lot of. All right. Before you keep going. Yeah. Because I have a very different take on this. Okay. I hated that scene. Why? Here's why. And don't, don't misinterpret this. I think that what Rachel Fuda has done for John Fuda's son and their relationship is incredible. I think that for her to step into that role and be a mother, not a stepmother, but an actual mother is amazing. And she's clearly done a good job. He seems like a good kid from what we've seen, at least. And their relationship is very real. That I I fully appreciate. I think it's amazing. You know, me as someone with both a stepfather and a stepmother, they played a major role in my life. And like, I know how important that relationship is. My daughter has a stepmother and a stepfather, both of whom play a major role in her life. So I appreciate everything she's doing. I'm waiting for the but. But... For her to use this as a storyline for a teenage boy, I think is bullshit. I think that for that kid, you need to leave the mom out of it. I don't know what their relationship is. He may not like his mother. He may not know his mother very well. But for her to sit there on national TV and drag his mom and say that she's like a drug addict or whatever the fuck she was saying, I think is a really, really shitty thing to do. Okay, I agree with you on that that she shouldn't be airing this person who we don't know who didn't sign up for reality TV airing her dirty laundry is wrong. Yes. However, is she saying false things? No, I know. But here's what I would say. I would say like, it's kind of shitty to use this as a storyline. I just wouldn't, if she wants to talk about, I think she should. I think that it's an amazing thing that should Mm -hmm. be discussed. I think that she should bring it to the forefront. I think it's an important thing to talk about. I think that you can talk about it, without bringing the mom into it. Just talk about your relationship with him and why this is important to you. I think that's true. Yeah, I, that's I, I agree with that. Yeah, just completely leave that out. I Look, I think that she's using it as a storyline because we're getting to know her and where her... She's playing the game. Ideal. Oh, she's playing the game. She is playing the game. Way quicker than anyone else oh, yeah. could have anticipated, honestly. And I think that her having this storyline when it's something that's very real, something that's close to home, it gets to know who you are and your family and everything. And like, that's kind of what real housewives was 
before it kind of blew up into all this other shit. I appreciated that part of it, but yeah, you're right. Don't just leave the mother out of it. We can make our own inferences yes. on whatever's going on if we want to. But a lot of people don't really care. You know what I mean? No, like, that's the thing. It's not our business. Well, actually, that's not true. A lot of people that watch Bravo shows, if it's not their business, they still get into it. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But just leave it alone. There's no reason to drag her necessarily. But I also understand that it's a very real moment for her. So maybe she got a little carried away. I'll give her a little bit of grace there. I yeah, I do. I Yeah. Formally, I agree with you. Okay, on cool. On that aspect. Yeah, that's all. I think we're in agreement here because I agree that the sentiment was there. The execution was not good. Yes. In my opinion. But moving right along, um, Jen and Dolores make up. We're not going to spend too much time there because it's a lot of just both of them kind of swallowing their pride yeah, and just being like, much. yeah, we just need to listen to each other, not talk shit about each other, blah, blah, blah. We're friends again. We've seen it a million times. We'll see it a million more. But Joe and Melissa, we get a split, love split scene, split scene between Joe and Melissa in their new house. But this is when we get, we've talked about a little bit already, the Dina's husband stuff comes up from Joe. Yes. And he calls Louis fake. And he says, this is why I think that Louis fake. He wants to play God and he wants to play this character. And like, it's all bullshit. And we get a cut scene that I was floored. <laughs> like, floored. And Louis continues to get holes poked in his armor, in my opinion. And I, this is how we approach the season. We wanted to let it play out. We didn't take anyone's side. We're watching it happen. He's sobbing, sobbing uncontrollably after Joe and Melissa leave. And he says, I had to call my sisters and tell them I loved them. Like, now, Louis, you're doing way too much. He looks batshit crazy and it's insane. But it's so funny and it's so great for TV. Oh, it's fantastic yeah. television. Like, the cutscene of him crying, I was like, you've got to be shitting me right now. It is so fucking funny. And, like... He is so over the top with everything. And like you said, like, yeah, there's pokes in his armor here and there with things going on. He's a highly emotional guy. The fact that he was brought to tears over that, which really wasn't like a big argument or anything. It was kind of tame when you think about Teresa and Joe. I think the the reason he's claiming the tears were brought is like just the fact that they left and it's clearly and something about his sisters. They're not going to come to terms with and it breaks his heart that yeah. so much so he had to call his sisters and weep That's on the television. Thing, like, I think that Joe could, and we've talked about this before, we've talked about it a lot. Joe can win. He can. If he, there. If he just focuses on Louis's actions, that doesn't start to throw in the Dave Manzo shit, doesn't try to throw in the Pizzagate part two, brother, <laughs> any of that shit. Just leave it alone and just point to the very obvious thing that Louis is incredibly unhinged and he will lose his temper. He will start bawling like a baby. And he will say some of the most ridiculous shit about your father's pajamas. Yeah. Like, it, it, you, you don't have to do anything. There's, the work is done for you, Joe. Just sit there and be like, this guy's fucking sit crazy. There and do that. This and, guy's nuts. And you and Melissa come up with one, one little side story, something. Yeah. And I even saw a glimmer of hope when Melissa's talking about, yeah, I'm going to Danielle's to help her with like her kid's fashion thing. I was like, oh, a glimmer of something new. Perhaps we go down this path, Maybe. Melissa, and immediately it goes back to Teresa. I was like, fuck, we're so close. You guys, you can win. 
This has all been a game. We know. The viewers know. Nobody wants to swallow their pride. You got it. It's there for the taking. Exploit Louis it. He's making it so easy for you. <laughs> fucking... like just being himself, and seemingly. And you keep missing. Uh, you keep swinging and missing. Because he's trying to do so much. Do less. He's trying to do all this stuff and work up this whole storyline that may exist, may not exist, but you have absolutely no evidence of it actually existing. You know what you do have evidence of? This man sobbing and this calling man. his sisters because you and your sister got in a fight, which you do every day. This man is nuts, and he's marrying my sister. This is wild. You know what you could do? You could stand up at the wedding and say, I object. That, that would, would be hilarious. That would be great. You need, this is there the shit. things that you can we do. We can't do your job for you, yeah. Joe. You no, gotta Louis already up. did his job for him. He's just not seeing it. It's I know, crazy. dude. But like, and Melissa's not doing anything, like at all. She's just there for the most part. She just teams up on other people, and it's just like, uh, enough. Like, I, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, but we do get a little breath of fresh air. We get a new feud. We saw it brewing. It's come full circle. We have a Danny versus Fuda face-off. These yep. two do not newbies. like each other. The newbies are at odds, and they have picked sides. We got one is firmly Team Marge. One is firmly Team Tree. We see that with the FaceTime. That was like solid for me. That's yes. what solidified. I'm like, okay, these two are locked in. She's Team Teresa. But we get to the coffee reading. And we recapped it with uh, Zach today. And I was so bummed you weren't there because I wanted to get your take on it. I'm glad we get to talk about it now. And I told him, I was like, I really wish Shooter was here. I believe I more in coffee that. readings than astrology. I'm going to throw that out there. Really? Well, I believe why? that somebody can read the coffee that I just drank better than Jupiter being in Gatorade is going to mean to me. <laughs> like I serious, I I swear to God, I don't think. How? Wait, 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 wait. It doesn't mean I believe it. No, no, no. I'm just but, putting it higher up on my list. The, of... the logic doesn't track because okay. at least with the moon and the stars and shit, there's a pattern. There's a path. They orbit a certain way. They fall on the same line at certain times. Coffee grounds are taking online random. class about astrology. No, bitch. Like. I know how planets work. What are you That's talking about? Like. You're telling <laughs> me that gravity is affecting my life. No, if you really want to get into it, space fascinates me, and I love it to does. read about it and stuff yeah. like that. We'll do a Brav Bros special segment Brav on Brav Bros in space, coming to a theater near you. IMAX only. Fast and Furious already went to space, so they beat us. But either way, <laughs> I look, I mean, obviously it was complete bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way that this woman didn't have some sort of indication of what was going on, whether it was Jen herself doing no, it. No, you know who it was. Who do you think did it? You know whose friend that is, right? Yeah, it's Teresa's. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I could see Jen Jen's face when she was talking about Oh, like, she's like, what? What? <laughs> this is so crazy. How would you know that? Like, I like the Dolores thing. I thought that was cute. Like, there's a ring in your future. I like seeing Paulie sitting back there in the wine room. peek out. Making sure everybody's got drinks. Making sure everybody's fed. Everybody like my house. We're cool here. Great. Wow, that's great. Like, I, yeah, I will marry that woman. Like, beautiful. Great. Done. But when you start bringing up specific words that people said, it's very clearly full of Especially shit. Especially a word like endorsement. That's not yeah. a normal word. You don't use that in everyday conversation. No, no. And look, I mean... The whole thing was a sham. But I'm, I, I enjoyed that scene. I thought, I thought it was, was kind funny. of funny. Yeah. And I, you could tell the people that thought it was funny were the people that were clearly, if you want to say, victimized by this coffee reader. Yeah. Like the Marge, the Jackie, the Fuda of it all. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who are being attacked by this coffee woman. The rest of them are like trying to believe it. Like Danielle, 
had an opportunity. She came in there and she's like, I, you know, I'm not walking away this time. I'm going to go after it. And instead of going after like Marge, she goes after food, which I think is fine because Marge is just hearing what other people are saying and then relaying it back to you. You also don't want to go after the big dog right away. You, you also I mean? you got to work your way up. So start with where the information's coming from. Fuda very clearly had a conversation and it doesn't matter. Like when I think about other shows, like rewatching, I'm like, Oh man, they're going to be pissed when they see that. When you see this, you know that Marge watched Rachel and Danielle sit there and talk about Marge and hearing it from other people in a completely innocent conversation. And knows that Fuda then went and ran and told Marge. Right. And Marge won't care about that. And Fuda won't care about that. Danielle will be like, I fucking knew it. Absolutely knew it. And that's the difference between the two of them. Like, Fuda's playing the game. She learned how to play the game. I hated that Marge sat there and was like, you know, Rachel's adopting her son, Jaden. She's such a good mother. She's going to be out there. And I'm so happy for her. It's like, you've known her for a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Like, come on, lady. Like, it's just, it's so, they're so phony. They're so full of shit. And when they draw up their teams, they support each other no matter what, but then they'll still talk shit behind their back. So that's why Jersey's always fascinating because you, the teams never remain. You know what I mean? No, they're, they're ever somebody fluid. falling off, somebody talking shit on somebody else. I do love that. It looks like we are going to get a little bit of a Marge takedown sometime in, uh, in Ireland though, which is a long time coming. And I hope that it actually pans out that way, but. Uh, me I mean, too. the only thing that I took away from this scene kind of mirrors what you were saying. It's just, I don't think you go after Marge because Marge is impossible to talk to. Even in this moment, she gets so loud and just repeats herself and keeps saying, I'm not letting you, the, the seating, like planting seats. Stop saying that. Endorsements? All, yeah. Like all she said yeah. was relaying information that was told to her that Fuda herself also echoed. And she then Food is just sitting there that. like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she's like, I didn't say anything. Did you not say that? Did you not say that? Which is, hello, gaslighting. You're Danielle. You have to think back towards that conversation and think about something that Fuda may have said about somebody else. I think she keeps getting caught in that moment where she's like trying to defend herself. And in the moment where she could bring up evidence, like mm -hmm. she needs to have that in her head ready to yeah. go when she enters the conversation because I think she keeps forgetting about it. I, yeah, and I think that she's correctly aligned with Teresa and Jen because we see Jennifer do that time and time again. She always has shit ready she to go. Has shit, she has shit ready to go, but she comes right out and says it. Oh, yeah. She never builds up to it. It's never organic. No. It's always just like, you know, I was thinking about this. Boom, right then and there. Yeah. And that's, I think, I hope Danielle learns how to play it a little bit better. But I do want to say, and I know a lot of people really don't like Jen Aiden. She's been great this year. She's, she's been had so a entertaining. Showing. She has gone through real things. She's starting fights with people. She's talking shit on other people. She's making friends. She's doing the behind the scenes work with Lara, talking about Marge. Like she's really prepared this season. She's got five storylines. <laughs> I know. And she, you know what? I hope she gets an endorsement. I do too. Something. You know what? Here's an endorsement from the Brav Bros. Yeah. You're welcome. Maybe make some coffee or something like a little Jen Aiden's Turkish blend. I'd drink it. Why not? Love coffee. <laughs> and that takes us to our question portion. And we are starting off with a doozy because I don't know what show this person's been listening to. But from Snarky X, Snarky XTS, why are you guys not hard on Joe Gorga when he's the problem? Huh? What? We are all the time, quite frequently. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Now I have to think. Like, have we? We haven't been soft on him. No, people say that we're Team Teresa because of how we talk about Joe, which we're not. 
We're not team anybody. Yeah, we we covered that earlier in the show. We're team nobody. Team nobody. But I don't know who we don't. We're not That's we're not Joe supporters. From Angel Renee, if you could have dinner with one New Jersey couple, which one would it be? I like that. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, right now, Dolores and Polly for sure. Jen and Bill would be interesting. Ooh, that would probably be right. It, it, my answer is Dolores and Polly. I think that's the right answer, but I think the Jen and Bill dinner would be really interesting. Yeah, because you don't want to go like we don't know enough about like Danielle and Nate or Rachel and John. Like oh. Rachel and John, uh, Danielle and Nate. I don't know I, the. Husbands there are a little, it's like the mix and match of it all. Honestly, yeah, I, I think Jen and Bill might be the answer. I'm going, I, I amend my answer, Teresa and Louie, because I want to I experience him in person. I want to try to get a read on him. Really good point. I want to try to get a read on him to see if he's full of shit, if he's crazy, or if he's just weird. I want to get to a point where he's like DMing us, trying to explain his side. He did that with Zach. I know, I want, I want That's that. actually what made Zach start to question him. He thought he did I want what much. they have. What <laughs> Zach and Louie have. <laughs> From Tricia125, this is Danielle from Jersey's third reality show. Thoughts? I didn't know that. She's not playing like it. No, she's what those other shows were. I do too, but it doesn't really change anything for me, only because if you want to go down that rabbit hole, Rachel Fuda was like a massive Bravo fan before she got on the show. Like her account. That makes sense. Her account on Twitter was like Bravo Love, something Bravo related. That was her Twitter handle. So most of the people that are on these shows have either been fans in the past, have been on other shit, or like this is their goal is to be on TV. So no, I don't think that's like out of the ordinary. It doesn't think that, I don't know. Yeah, she was in MTV's True Life, I Went Through Hell. Oh. God. Let's talk about that. What happened? She was also in The Haunting of Alice D. That seems like a movie. I don't know. What if she went through hell in the haunting of Alice D? That's a what if she has ghost stories? I love ghost stories. Oh, yeah, we need a ghost story. All right. From Charnik One, don't you think Danielle peaked too soon? Is Fuda's the better newbie? Yeah, I mean, we keep talking about it. Like, we did not expect Fuda to be the one to figure out how to play the game this quickly. I don't, I don't think that we expected either of them to figure it out. We figured they'd be, like, getting their feet wet for a little bit. But, yeah, we thought that Danielle was great to start off with. And now she's just kind of at a loss for words and walking out of parties. It's tough to watch. I still have faith in Danielle. I'm still... Yeah, in the long run. But, yeah. yeah. Talking right now, I'm right now. Fuda Fuda's playing the game better. She's definitely more of a housewife, if you will. But you think that her peak is still to come? I think you know. I think it's hard to judge people on their rookie seasons, right? Like, look at a lot of amazing ball players in the past. Any sport, yeah. Rookie season sucks sometimes. It's all about it's a long learning, learning how to play the new game. Yeah, you got to see how you come back next season after spring training. You know what I mean? And we'll end it with this one from Jody Ann. One, two, three, four, five. Nothing. Just want to say, heart the podcast. Hearts up. Hearts up, Jody. We heart you too. But you got anything else? Nope. All right. Tax is done. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Stop <laughs> it. You started it. You fit it in the middle, and you ended it with that. 
Like, it's miserable. It always works. No, it doesn't. You're going to piss off our listeners. Someone's <laughs> going to get mad about the fact that you brought it up three times, more Good. so than I am. And fuck. Good. Let them be mad. Shut up. Let them be mad. Shut up. Remember to follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at brav underscore bros and TikTok at brav bros. Subscribe to our YouTube page, brav bros podcast. And most importantly, buy some tickets. Come see us. Come watch the show. April 27th at the City Winery in Philadelphia. we got special guests coming. It's going to be a fun night. Looking forward to seeing all of you there. Anything else? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Brav bros are out of here. Later. Bye.